Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Competitor Podcast. I'm your host, current New Jersey Devils defenseman, Connor Carrick. Our guest today is Louis Domingue, teammate of mine with the New Jersey Devils this past season before he was moved to Vancouver. Uh, he's currently uh, out in Edmonton right now with the NHL bubble uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs, which we'll talk about a little bit today. He started his NHL career in 2010 when he was drafted 138th overall with the Phoenix Coyotes. He's gone on now and is a veteran of 139 uh, NHL games. He's one of the more colorful goalies I've ever played with. He's a, he's a very confident, passionate uh, person. We had a lot of time, you know, ripping pucks together in New Jersey, you know, in the shooting room in the back. He's one of the best puck playing goaltenders I've ever played with. And let's welcome Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue, what's up, bro? What's going Welcome on? Welcome to uh, the Curious Competitor Podcast, man. I'm happy to have you. I'm glad to be here. From the bubble, eh? From the bubble. From uh, the bubble. J- JW Marriott, we pretty much live in the rink. <laughs> so, you know, you know how it is. I What I was thinking about, I don't know what it is because I'm outside the bubble. And I, I let's yeah, just but start you, there. You, I think, you, do like, you do like living in the ring. If you could, you'd I have do a like bed living in the, the rink. locker room. You know, <laughs> I do love living at the rink. I take it seriously that I always want my teammates to think that I'm hardworking and doing my best. Did you see the uh, the Jordan documentary? Yeah, of course. Did you watch that yeah. with Steve Kerr? And Steve Kerr yeah. is talking about how, you know, he would sell his soul for that one shot that Michael would get him that, you know, he needed to know that he did everything he could to make it count, you know? And that's yeah. where, yeah. you know, I've been up and down and, you know, waved and traded. You've been this in your NHL career. Like, you know how sharp you got to keep the sword. Like you got to stay in it every day. Yeah. You you never know when you're going to get hot and you you can ride that as long as you can, you know, and hopefully ascend, right? Like your whole goal is to throw, you want someone to throw, you know, their organization behind you. You want to be the number one guy. Yeah. Right. Or at least the bonafide best backup, you know, um, there is, you know, where, where you have a job, you're in, you're out. And I feel like the same, you know, as a you, you, you know, four, I, five, six, seven, I've, I've been, I've been as high as four. I've been as low as nine in an organization. It's yeah. Uh, you can't hide you, you. What, what I, how I feel about this is you can't hide the second that, uh, that you don't take a day seriously and you don't, uh, lay, lay it, lay it out out there. You're, you're going to f- know inside that you're behind that you took a step behind and, and your game will show too. Nah, maybe a game or two, you're going to, you're going to be, uh, you're going to get away with it. You might, uh, you might play a good game, even if you didn't put it, put in the effort that all, all week long. But I know for myself that if I do that, that if I take a day off, that I'm not sharp mentally for a day, it's going to show in my, in my performance the next game. Well, I've had so, it like I've, I've had it where I was playing in Dallas. Um, and I made a mistake. We can argue over it. I uh, I talked to one of the coaches, one of the assistants, basically the head coach at the time. You know, was was Jim Montgomery, and he was unhappy with a particular play. And uh, I disagreed. I thought, you know, for whatever reason, on this particular play, that it was supposed to be the centerman's guy, and you know, whatever. I wasn't going to argue with the head coach in the middle of practice. Like, you, I got yeah. yelled at, and you move on. Yeah. Um, and like 
got to the point where like one of the assistants had a, you know, said, he's like, Hey, just for tomorrow, we're playing the Kings tomorrow. I think we're playing LA. Uh, I agree with you. I think it was the center's guy too. Just, you know, um, don't worry about it. We got a big game tomorrow, but just make sure you're, you know, practicing hard and stuff still. And I, I was still really new there and only been there like, yeah. you know, a week, 10 days, whatever. And then I got pulled aside like the next day going in for, uh, they wrote the numbers on the board. Yeah. I was in the lineup, like in practice the day before, you know, and then uh, coach pulled me aside and said, Hey, you know, Connor, we still believe in you as a young man and as, as a player, like we still think you can help. You know, I don't want you to get, you know, too down on yourself, but I'm unhappy with the practice play yesterday. And I mean, what am I going to do? What, what, you know, you're just going to, what, what, what do I do if you make a mistake tonight during the game? And I was beyond pissed off because, you know, the assistant I had talked about, we thought the head coach had had a limited view of the play. And I let him know that, you know, I firmly disagreed. And, you know, I, we had talked about it aside from this. But uh, anyway, he, so I ended up, I was out of the lineup. And then about 40 minutes later after pregame skate, he came back and said, actually, we're going to go with seven D men tonight. So be ready. <laughs> and, uh, just kind of shows like, I, you know, I, I, it's I, tough, I love it's, that it's, you're it's a talking tough spot about that. It's, it's like tough, that man, in the bottom of lineups and things like that as depth guys. It's hard. I, I wanted to talk to you about this because I think this is a problem in hockey where we are molded uh, around being mutes, about not, not giving our opinion, about not wearing the clothes we want. We're, we're molded into this hockey player, right? Like, this is all, like, around the league. There's no other, there's no different plays. There's no different teams. We're all doing the same thing. We, we, and I, I know you're an outspoken guy, and so am I, yeah. right? Like, we, we, yeah. we're different. We're different uh, breed, and that's probably why we got along so well, right? I, and, and, uh, and the second I that I thought we you just got along because you liked a friend in the shooting room. That's what I thought <laughs> that was. You just needed somebody to come rip pucks with you in Jersey. Oh, man. Do I loved it. I loved it. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe that's that. <laughs> but, but you, you know what I mean, though? Like, it's, it's hard to... Well, I, I do. I'm a guy I, do. That, I, I like sharing my opinion. I like talk, breaking down the game. And sometimes maybe I come out the wrong way, like the way I speak, because I'm, I'm intense, right? And, and to be penalized for that, like you have in, in that situation, um, I don't quite understand that personally. I, I, I feel like... It should be the, the opposite. Hockey players should be able to, to tell their opinion and, and to talk it out. I mean, that's how you get better, no? Talk it out, learn from other people, learn from other opinions. I think so. You know, hockey's got a strong sense of tradition, and it oh. always has, and it's, it's always been led by, you know, historically, like, hard, strong minded people yeah and at some point you know you look across other sports you, you see the bill belichick type like he doesn't seem to negotiate a ton with his players so i i don't no. think as hockey players we're looking for you know some uh you know testing of of the power of of a head coach and things like that but i definitely feel like our generation even the younger generation past us is definitely a little bit more we want to know why certain things, you know, why are we playing this way? Why do you want me to do this? Why, you know, I see this player on this team doing this really well. Like, why isn't that something I could bring to my game? 
you know, it's, um, it's hard. It's definitely a culture where you want to toe the line. You, you want the coach to know that they have a good soldier in you. But I also think that there's nothing wrong with like having an opinion of your own or having thoughts of your own or being strong willed, you know, like for example, and, and I was always, you know, as a player, right. You struggle with ice time sometimes, right. Sometimes you're playing 20 minutes. Sometimes you're playing six. I've, I've been on both sides. Yeah. And it's tough to maintain a rhythm. And as a goalie who's, you've been a backup for a lot of your career, like yeah. it, it's such a mental test to stay ready day in, day out yeah. when you're on the leash that's as small as the depths of the NHL is. Right. And we were in the same situation at one point this year where uh, it was games without playing. And, and yeah. I think the challenge, the biggest challenge and what people might not uh, recognize is we will be thrown in the, into a game at some point. And when that, that uh, game comes, then you have to be 100% ready. And you have to, and you have to, you have to perform. Have to. There, there's, there's no, uh, there's no other way around. If you don't perform, you're out for another six, seven, eight games. Who knows, right? And, uh, and if you do, you might still be out. Like in my case, it's tough because I, like, I know it's a little different than you, but if, if I play well as a backup, where the other guys established, right? Like I played with Vasi. It didn't matter if I had a shutout. The next game. I'm not playing, right? I'm not playing for a week, maybe. But uh, so it's a challenge to to always be performing and sitting out and perform and sit out and perform and and cheer on your 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 teammates, right? Like you, uh, there is a lot. It's not. I don't think jealousy is a word, but I envy a lot of uh, the other guy that's playing. Like I want to be out there. That's that's why I play, right? So it's. Uh, it's also really hard when you don't perform and you have to sit on that performance for a while and, and you still have to show up the next day with the work boots and, and do the work. Right. So it's uh, day in and day out. It's a process. And if you don't apply that on your, uh, on a daily basis, that's when you fall behind. I think, it would, you know, it always helps me is when I think of in theory, like what is the job? Like the job for me as a defenseman is to be the best player I can be night in, night out, regardless of salary, regardless of where I was drafted. You know, I was actually looking this up. You were 138th overall. I was 137th. So we're, we're right around there you the go. fifth round. <laughs> but like you, your job is to push, you know, those players. And it's, it's yeah. difficult when, you know, you have relationships with your, your coach, you know, whose job it is to win. And then you have your relationship with the manager whose job is literally every day to scout and find ways to make the team better, including if that means replacing you, Yeah. you know? So it's just, it's what makes playing in the NHL. I feel so special, just how competitive it is. But yeah. It's the same thing. Like, you know, you don't, you don't grow up as a young player dreaming of playing. I've, I've played, uh, I think my last game in Dallas, it said on the sheet, it said I played a minute 30, and I know it wasn't that much. I played two shifts. Played as a 7D man. It was the end of a road trip, and uh, I was just coming off that. I had a broken leg, so I had surgery. And, you know, there's not a lot of, I think I missed like 10, 11 weeks. Like, you know how hard it is when you're injured to, to, to come back. And, right. You know, I was so frustrated with 
Um, especially, especially that you have that anxiety of playing. Like you want to play, you're anxious to you be wanna... on the ice because you've been out for so long, right? Well, it's hard enough, even like the first game of the year, right? Like everyone's always yeah. a little bit more worked up the first game of the year and everyone's healthy and everyone had the same leverage of like a training camp and things yeah, like that yeah, versus, yeah. you know, an injury. You're just sitting there watching, you know, the race heat up, the game's getting faster and the teams are getting yeah. better and the game's getting faster all the way until you come back. It's, um, that's part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast was give younger players that listen or parents a little bit of insight into some of the mental well-roundedness and grit and toughness that needs to come along with like the 24 seven skating lessons that are very popular out there right now mm-hmm. for youth hockey, right? Like, it, you know, you spent your whole life growing up to be the best goal you could be, you know, but there's no way all the success you had growing up, you know, I was, I was doing it, doing some research for the podcast, like, you know, 13th overall in the QMJHL, CHL, you know, NHL top prospects game 2010. Like you had a long career of success. And this is the win. Like the win is getting your name in the ring to compete day in, day out. And it's not, it's not easy um, sticking with it. So how, how do you do it? Aside from, let's put that in the bank. Like you come to the rink every day, you show up as a professional, regardless you had a shutout yesterday and know you're not playing, you know, you know, you got lit up for, for five, six, and it might be two weeks before you play again. What is your focus the next day being a goaltender in this league? Cause there's only, what is it? 60. How many teams are there? 31 now. So there's 62 spots. There's yeah. 62 goalies in the, you know, in the NHL in the whole world, you know, and you've, you've been able to be one of them for quite some time. I think, uh, I think a lot of it starts in your when you're young in your house, what your parents teach you. Okay, I remember so many things that my dad told me, uh, whether it was if I was going out for I remember going out for a practice one day when I was really young and I didn't know my dad was there, but he came. That, that was in school. Right. We had the. The last two periods of school was uh, hockey for us and in, in their, their hockey program. <laughs> That's awesome. Hockey program. That's what we had. So like two or three times a week, it was the end of the day was hockey. That's the program we were in. And um, my That's dad sick. came in one time. So he took time off of work to come see me practice without me knowing. And I was fucking around. And I'm sorry about my language. I was, uh, <laughs> I was messing. I was messing around in, in, um, in practice. And, um, and my dad saw that. And when I came off, he's like, and my dad is really, he's like a, he's a, he's a hipster. Like he's a peace and love guy. He doesn't really get mad that much. And he's like, he ripped me. He's like, if you ever waste my time, your teammates time and your time ever again, like you're done. You're not going to play. Like I'm, I'm taking you off. This is not how it's supposed to be. Right. Like, so he's like, and then he told me that to, to never, to always push the bar, like try to be better every day. Like the second that you stop being the second that you stop evolving as a player, then you're also done like this. And we keep talking about Sidney Crosby and all those guys, they try to change a little bit of their curve to have to improve their shot. And you're like, Oh, this guy's the best best player in the the world. He scored 50 goals, still tweaking things here and there just because that's our program. The second you stop improving, 
you're done. Someone else is going to take your job, right? So I go out on the ice and and I try to, and I know you do the same, right? You try to focus on a thing or two that you want to work on that day and, and you try to apply it. And it, it can be consuming your head, right? It can be all you have in your head. Otherwise, you, you forget your basics. So I, I know going into practice that that's what I want to work on. And, and then I try to apply it with just having fun too, right? I'm, I try to challenge players like, you know, me, I'm laughing on the ice, trying to have a good time, right? Because that's another thing. The, sec- the second that it becomes that it becomes a job and that's your your whole focus is is being a hockey player, then it kind of stops, right? You got to keep having fun. I know you're the same yeah, way. You're in the room, the, you're dancing. You, you got to stay loose, man. You got to floss, right? Well, you know, that was something that I learned because, you know, when I you know, first came up and particularly, you know, the first time I got traded, I just wanted guys in the room to, to like me. I wanted to be well liked within the room. I wanted to be respected. And so I always took myself super seriously and it was draining, like putting that on. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I, I'm just someone that I, I light up when I'm, I'm moving and I'm, you know, getting the boys going and I'm talking and things like that. And, and, uh, finally I just, you know, particularly when I got to Jersey, that was really, uh, you weren't there yet, but I got traded from Dallas to Jersey. And I'm like, you know, I think it's taken me too long in the past to settle in and yeah. I'm just going to be me. And, you know, if there's anything I know about being in locker rooms, like it'll be a week or two before you win everybody over, you know, like it, it maybe they think I'll be loud, you know, initially, maybe yeah. not. Um, but what I know is for me to be the best hockey player, these guys need me to be energetic and that's what I need to do. I think it's a very, very, very fine line between being too normal and being, being not loud, but like having that, that positive energy that you bring every day, right? That the line is so fine. Like it's too easy to, to fall into the, the generic hockey player, right? And, and, uh, and you're talking about being liked in our locker room. That's like, to me, it, it's, it, it's, it's a thing I, I struggle with my whole career just because first of all, I'm French. So there's that separation from others where we're not as accepted as, uh, your, your, your typical American or English guy, right? It's, it's easier for them to glue together than, and they look at the French guys and it's a little bit like on the side cause, and, and I get it. Right. But. I don't think there's a, sp- a specific way to fit in a locker room. I think it's just a fit, man. I remember in, in, when I got to Tampa, I was like a glove. I felt at home this, the first day I got there. And, and uh, when, I went, when I got to Jersey, it was different. I, I didn't fit in as mm. much as you might think I did or whatever. I just felt like there was, I didn't find my place in the locker room like I did in, uh, in Tampa. So it always depends on, on who you're, uh, where you're going and, and what the mentality of the organization is and, and, and all that. So, uh, it, it's actually a good point that you bring up. Would that be the, would that be the highlight probably of your NHL career thus far? Like your time in Tampa? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, and, and especially with having kids, like my first, my first kid, my daughter was, uh, born in, in uh, Arizona. And when we got to Tampa, uh, we had our, our second one, my son, and it was just a special uh, time in my career. Like I was really low when I left uh, Arizona. Like I was, and 
I thought I was in in the in the, in rock bottom, and uh, Tampa Bay really brought me up. And and the first year we went to conference finals. I I ended up playing a period in the conference finals. Like mm. things that I wouldn't even imagine when I was in Arizona. It was just like the the vibe. I fell in love with the city. Honestly, mm. like Tampa, when I got there, I was looking around like, this is crazy. It's sellouts after sellouts after sellouts and the fans are into it and they, they don't, they're not pressure, pressuring you into doing anything. They're just happy to be at a hockey game. They like the team. They like that we're winning. You look around the city, you look at buildings, they all have their flag on their balcony and the businesses have big flags and gold bolts and this and that. And there's, there was that energy around the city and, and they really embraced me. Honestly, the fans, I, I felt, uh, I felt great there. And, uh, and my kids did too. My family, it was, it was just the school and everything was perfect. Right. So it really, really hit me when, when I, when I had this separation with Tampa and I was looking, I was on the outside looking in cause there was, you know, you play musical chair. There's always one guy that's left out. Right. And I felt like I was that guy. Everybody had the, they stopped the music. Everybody got their seat. And then they tried to train me when everybody was sitting down and nobody was playing music. Right. So mm-hmm. I was, I was on the outside looking in and it was hard cause I just came out of a, you know, a 21 win season, which was my best year and and i was it was part of my plan to play two years in tampa and try to make an impression on the league and show that i can still be a first uh, goalie on the team and 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 i executed my first year and as i was about to do the same the next year and then i i uh, i had a setback without even that's that's probably what was the hardest is it it was a setback and I didn't, I didn't feel, and I don't think, and I don't think anyone feels it uh, differently than I did. It wasn't my fault. I just, it just happened. Right. So, um, now I got to build this back up, but I'm 28 and I'm UFA and it's a pandemic and I don't know when, you know, the UFA season is going to start again. And when I, like, I don't know where my family's going to be next year. My, my daughter had her first day of preschool today. So it's, it, again, it's tough. It's, it's a rat race, you know? Well, always. It really yeah. is. Like you're yeah. you're fighting tooth and nail every day for every inch you can get in this game. Yeah. Like you you, you yeah. talked about it right there where you said you got a period, you know, in the conference final. And it's like how yeah. many good, you know, second half of back to backs, you know, practices uh, you know, and all the guys have gotten off and maybe they're giving the number one guy, you know, an earlier uh, you know, exit to practice like how much goes into earning the opportunity for that period? And that's what makes so, it so special. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you got to be stubborn. You got to be stubborn as a player where you've got to know. I, I do it sometimes where uh, before each season, I'll mentally, it'll usually be about this time, right? Because we're yeah. normal season, be going back yeah. through September. And I'll, you know, take an afternoon and I'll kind of sit there and be like, okay. You know, Connor, you've been uh, you've been sleeping good in your own bed, and every you you feel strong. You look great, like you've been you know eating right all summer long. You've been training hard. You know, skating feels good. Like, are you ready for it? Like, are you ready to get hit from behind? Like, are you ready for you know your first fight in front of twenty thousand people? Are you ready for you know the block shot where you don't know if your foot's broken or not? You know, there for a moment. Because those times, like the perfect season does not exist. It's not, no. it's not coming. 
And, you know, I'll just kind of sit there and prep myself preseason. Like, you know, you can't walk through the storm and expect not to get wet. Like it's, it's going to happen. And it's been, uh, it's something that you can't replicate. It only happens when, you know, I know that the season's coming and we don't know that about next year, you know? So let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, you talked about how you're able to, you know, on ice wise, do your best as, as, as a goaltender, you know, as a, as a backup, trying to assert yourself still, you know, as a guy capable of, of a number one, right. And that's still your, your goal and your dream. What are some, you know, you mentioned your, your two children, like what are some things that you're able to do away from the rink that mentally keep you in it day in, day out? Cause it is a long season and, and particularly how's that different right now that you're in the bubble? Well, to me, like, there's no secret recipe. If you want to succeed in life, it doesn't matter what you do, man. It's, it's, there's, there's one way you got to be passionate. If you don't have a passion for something, then forget it, man. It's not even worth putting in time. You need to be passionate. I know you are. I am like the second you're not, what's your motivation, you know? And to me, that's what drives me. It's because, and you, you saw me, I'd get to the rink and I'd go shoot pucks and I just like hockey. I just like playing mm-hmm. hockey, right? So this is what drives me. I, I come every day and I know I'm going to do something that I like. It might not be, at, you know, sometimes you can do something that you like, but there's days that aren't working and, it, and you're not, you know, mentally there. But at the end of the day, you're, you go on the ice and, and guys are challenging you and it's just, it becomes easy. Second, it, it, it becomes tough. That means you're not in the right place. You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. you're not happy to go to the rink, you need a break. It's, uh, you might not be, you not might be doing what you like. And I know people go through that in life. It's the same thing. Like I know one thing that I'm going to tell my kids is if, you know, find, find something you're passionate with and embrace it and just have fun with it. You just, you just got to help your kid grow their passion. That's what my parents did. Like they just, I remember when I was young, my dad would he'd do crazy stuff. Like I, I, I really liked Jeff Hackett when I was young because he was a goalie of the Canadians. And at my birthday, I had, I had all my, my friends were sleeping over and, and then the phone would ring in the house and, and, um, and my dad would pick up and like, start speaking in English, broken English type of thing. And he hands me a phone and I'm like, I answered. And, um, on the phone, I then thought was Jeff Hackett. He's like, Hey, this is Jeff. <laughs> and then he, he starts speaking like a broken English or a broken French. Like he, he, like he learned French. Obviously Jeff Hackett never learned French, but I believed it. Like it was my uncle. I learned like 20 years later, my uncle called me on my birthday and pretended to be Jeff Hackett. Like I get, I, I sent you an envelope with uh, two tickets. I'm invited you to a game. And, and then my dad, and then we go, it was against the trashers. I remember I was sitting right in front of Henri Richard. Crazy. I got his autograph on an envelope, yeah. everything. And, um, and then I went down by the glass. I'm knocking on the glass. I'm like, thank you, Mr. Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for the ticket. <laughs> Guys, follow me. That's I, but it's just like building the passion, right? It's just the enthu- enthusiasm about, about the game that I had. My parents will build it this way. And it's one story after another. Like, it's just the number one key, I think, for anything is passion. 
if you have that, then who knows, man? Well, you have who energy. Knows? You you have energy. You have yeah. You you have fuel. You know that can get you through all those tough times. You have hope. Yeah. You have dreams. You know, like yeah. That's what uh, that's what keeps you going. You're you're scratched. You're injured. You know, as a player, like you still have that same dream I I had as a nine year old that I was, right. you know, right. going to be a power play quarterback in the NHL and want to be in the playoffs, like banging one timers from the blue line. Like that's, yeah. I still believe I can do that. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think power plays. I haven't, not, I don't think you know? can, anyone can take that away from you. If you have that, right. Like don't let anyone take that away from you. I remember playing in, in Quebec and my coach was Patrick Waters. Some of the hardest years of my life. And as much as you know how, how passionate I am about the game and how confident I am about myself, my game and all that, at that time, and I didn't like hockey anymore. The season would end and and it was so mentally draining that I would cry in my parents' arms saying that I couldn't wait for this to be over. Like this is a weight off my shoulder, right? It was so much. And And my dad kept telling me, just don't let anybody steal your stake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is, this is hockey is your steak. It's your food. It's your, your dinner. Don't let anybody take your dinner away. Just, this is your, your passion. Nobody can tell you, um, the level that you can achieve. Nobody can set what you can achieve. Only you can. Right. And if you keep pushing that, pushing the passion, pushing the, the development that the mental development, the, the physical development that you that you think that you can achieve then the sky's the limit, right? It really is. Well, and, this, and, you'll, and you'll enjoy the process that is getting better. Like, like nothing and it's not easy. is more fun. It's not. It is not it's easy. Not. It may look easy for certain people, but it's not easy. It's, it's, no, a, it. it's a daily thing. We talked about it. It's like, you, you think about the best players. You think about Nicholas Lidstrom, where he would, like I remember listening to, to people talk about him where they would know at a, at, e, at a certain time, like they, they would pick up their, their uh, watch and look and, they, oh, it's 8.30. I bet you Nicholas is in the hot tub getting ready. Or, uh, then it's uh, 9.45. Oh, he's, right, he's probably doing lunges. And like he would do the same thing over and over. He'd eat the same breakfast. Like it's, a, it's a routine. It's repetition. It's repetition. And, and another guy that I really admire is, is Conor McGregor. The guy might be cocky, but his confidence comes from his preparation. The reason why he's able to say that he's, he's going to kick your ass is because he did, he did everything in his power to be prepared for that moment. And when he does come on the ring, he kicks your ass, right? Because he did the preparation so well that he's confident in his ability to apply it in a game or in a fight, if you would. And I based a lot of my latest, you know, uh, the, the way I do about my business for the last little bit is, is with that mindset that if I prepare myself well enough every single day to the best of my capability, cap, uh, cap then I'll be good when it comes game time. Yeah, I really like McGregor for that reason too, because he is a gamer, right? Like we, we might call him a gamer yeah. In, yeah. in our world where he's someone that he loves the spotlight. It, it's 
you know, five, four, three, two, one, game seven, he would want the ball, you know, if you're right. a basketball player. But he understands like the duality of the the shadow work, like going behind the scenes, doing the video, studying your opponent, you know, uh maximizing your strengths, having a fight plan. But he also, when the lights are on, it's showtime. Yeah. And it, it's time to perform. And he's uh I, I forget what it was. I saw it on Twitter and he had this, this video he had just won. I think it was against, uh, was it Jose Aldo? I forget who he, had, who he had knocked out. And he was just totally zen, like totally calm. And the reporter comments on it. They're like, you know, Connor, you seem super, you seem super calm. Like what's, what's going on? He just, he just went on to himself. He's like, you know, I'm just, uh, I prepared for it. I, I yeah. thought that was how I was going to win the fight and I worked really hard and now I'm just enjoying it. I'm just looking around and enjoying And his like serenity for just having been in, yeah. you know, a cage match in front of yeah. you know, 30, a hundred, yeah, however yeah, many yeah. thousand people. It, I don't know if his heart, heart rate was over 40. It was unbelievable to see that type of, yeah. you know, calm after such intensity. And you can just tell that, you know, he's put the work in. He's put the work in. What's uh, what's your favorite moment in hockey? Is there a moment where you uh, you feel like you did this, like you you accomplished what you wanted more than anything, um, and and then you were there, taking it in? I don't think it's happened in the NHL yet. No, I think my best hockey is to be played. I was I was really excited. Uh, I had some stints as a Leaf that were really good. Here, let's go through some of the highs and lows. So. My first NHL goal was I hope that that is a level of happiness and fulfillment that every person in their lifetime gets to experience. Yeah. And whatever they it's do. A, I, I'll go back to this day and watch that video and be so proud of that young man. You know, I was, uh, you know, and, it, and it's amazing. Sometimes you don't know, you prepare every day just for your best shot, but that was my second NHL game. My first NHL game, also a high, obviously. But I remember I might have had, and I wasn't much of a coffee drinker like I am now uh, <laughs> then, I might have had four or five cups of coffee in the locker room before the game because I was exhausted. Wired. I, was so, I was so tired from, I had, I had made the, the NHL club. I was not expected to make it. I made it at 19. I signed like four or five days before training camp. Uh, or I'm sorry, before the regular season. Uh, I'd had a great training camp, was playing big minutes, power play, PK, you know, and then my first NHL game is in uh, Chicago against my hometown team as they're raising the cup banner. So I was just, I was wired and tired. Like I was so jacked up that I was, you know, fritzing out a little bit. And, you know, I, I played a fine game. I, I struggled. There were a couple plays where, you know, I remember uh, I gave up the first goal against. There was a box out on Brandon Bolig where, you know, I was on my, I'm a right shot. He's a lefty. So I kind of had to box him out in front uh, to my left side. And there was a loose puck, like right to my right, a, a clear rebound. So he obviously just had to like turn around and bang it in with his left hand versus I had to like reach around his hips and try. I was, there was, I had no chance. Then there was this other play where it was like, a, it was totally surreal. Like looking back, I was on a three on two. I forget who the Hawks D-man was, but the other one was Duncan Keith, who, you know, 
Norris Trophy winner, Stanley Cup winner. He's a you know, big deal being from Chicago. And it's probably modeled your game in. You probably yeah, modeled I, I tried your to, game in a little bit. Tried to yeah. growing up. It was me trailing the play, and it's 19. Nick Backstrom's carrying the puck on the left side, and Alex Ovechkin on the right side. Nick Backstrom passes to me. So who where do you think I'm passing the puck? First NHL yeah. game. You know, so sure enough, Dunk, uh, we're on a nickname basis, me and Duncan. He came towards sure. me and he kind of like baited. He came at me, so I thought I could one touch it over to Ovi. Picked it right off, read it, sent him down. Um, you know, there was a goal on the play, so there was a goal off the back of my turnover. You know, so I was just really down after that first game, right? You play a long time to dream about having this entry into the NHL, you know, and, and you know, I fought it. And then I, you know, mentally and physically. And then that second game had the high of the goal. That was all-time it was a breakaway out of the box of all things you know, oh as a demon. Like how many, how many times you get those on, on Kari Ramo came out of the box. I hooked uh, Yuri Hoodler or something, you know, wasn't happy with the, you know, call or whatever, like every player. And uh, then, then if I think about like true, there was about a 20 game stint there right before I got hurt. I separated my shoulder, my first full season in Toronto. Um, that was a high. I'd say uh, the first couple of games I got to Dallas played like seven, eight games really well. My step, the night, the night I broke my leg was, I broke my ankle. It was a tibia or whatever was um, I played 22 minutes that night. And that just like, to me, I was out there, you know, battling. I, I was really trying to hide a, an injury. Um, and I'd like to think that it was a bone bruise at the time. You know, I don't know if I did any further harm, but you know, I was, uh, that to me, I'd, I'd had a couple of games of really high ice time prior to that. And I was playing with, you know, Miro Iskinen quite a bit on the right side. He was a left shot. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if I can run away with this role, this can, this can be a good gig, you know, Dallas, a good team. We, you know, involved the demon in the offense, you know, which played to my strengths. Um, but the purest, you know, to go back to Conor McGregor, like the purest mentally I ever felt was probably I got uh, a Toronto Marlies run in the AHL. I had led the American League playoff in scoring. And uh, I just felt so zoned in. Like it was something, I, I got to feel this in the NHL. Because it was so much fun where I literally got to a place where mentally I, I felt so strong where you felt I played, important. I felt Didn't important. You? Yeah. I felt like important. You, you felt I, important to the team. Like you felt like guys needed you and it was like, I loved the game yeah. on my stick. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I took it so personally. Like I, you know, I would joke about it when I got in, to Jersey because we had a series with the Albany Devils that was just a war, you know, and Kevin Rooney was on that team and Damon Severson was on that team. And, you know, they had, uh, you know, some, some, I think Mackenzie Blackwood, joined uh, after his junior season. I can't remember, but I love that the game was on my stick. And that's something that I just, I love that responsibility. And I just mentally felt so strong. Like if I played well, I came to the rink the next day, like I'm capable of that again. I got this. Like I played well yesterday because I should. And if I played well, poorly, if I played poorly, I was like, that's okay. I'm playing again tonight. And I know it. I know I, that was a fluke. Yeah. 
I got this tonight. And uh, that rhythm and that flow, that, that, those are probably my, those are my highs. Those, those couple right yeah. there. Yeah, that's good. It was the best, man. It was the best. For sure. There's, there's uh, most, most players, and I remember in Arizona, this happened where you get sent down and they think it's, they get penalized for that. Right, they take it as, "Hey, I'm supposed to be in the NHL. What the, what the frick, right?" Yeah. But the second that you do that, you shoot yourself in the foot, right? That's you're taking a step farther away from being back in the NHL. Well, you're always, and, like, and this this goes back to your dad talking about the practice because yeah. I had a similar moment where I, uh, I remember one time I was at this tryout for the West Coast Selects. It was like this summer, uh team that would play in these high-end tournaments and I had played poorly the first tryout and I, you know, I asked my dad, I'm like, dad, you know, and it was totally out of superstition. I just go, dad, you know, uh, you were there yesterday and I didn't play well. Like maybe you could just not come to the tryout today. (laughs) And my dad looked at me like I had 10 heads. He's like, I paid for the fucking thing. Number one. And number two, like if, if you, if you can't play through the pressure of me being there, you don't deserve to be on the team anyway. So yeah. like, how about you play well today? Because you can, and you're capable. So go do right. it. And that was it. Yeah. You didn't need more. Yeah. You know, most people I, I've, I've crossed like you, you have to, like you cross bat with so many different players in your career where you've not that you've seen it all, but you've seen a lot of people, a lot of different mindsets. That's all. That's where it starts. It starts up here and it's a mindset and it's how you approach the situation. Right. And when I got, when I started in uh, pro hockey, my, uh, I just, I just came, came out of junior where it was pretty much jail with Patrick Waugh. And, and as a 20 year old, I went and they, they sent me to the coast. I played the full year in the coast in Atlanta and the coach, the first game, the coach uh, put me in the first game. I let in six goals, but we won the game, the game seven, six. And I, I remember at the end of the game, I'm like, how the hell did I stay? In? Why didn't he change me? Right? Like this never, like it would Patrick White give up two, you might be out. Right. Yeah. Gave up six goals, still play. I went to see a coach after and I thank you for keeping me in that. And like, I really appreciated that. And he's like, Louis, as long as you give one less than the other guy, we're good. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then at the at the end of the night, at the end of the year, I had a meeting with him, and he said that uh, he, he really said a line that I remember, I still remember, and I still use is um, he told me that there's a really good chance that I'm gonna be back here next year, right? Because the way the you know, the way the, the, the depth chart was lined up, like they drafted Mark Vizentine in the first round the same year as I did. And the year before they had a third round pick in net and they signed a veteran goalie. So it, I slide down, right? And even if I did really good in camp and I deserve to be in the AHL, I might be back. And if I don't come down with the right attitude, with with being positive and, and, and wanting, wanting to be better and 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 like we talked about you're gonna stay here <laughs> you're not gonna yeah, be called back up roots, right yeah. yeah 
So I took that every time that I got sent down because the goal ultimately is to be back up and to stay there. And if, if you pout and think that you should be up and you complain and you don't, that's when you start drifting away from your mindset. You start dr drifting away from your, from your, your end goal. And all of a sudden you're looking at your season and you're like, Oh God, like it's sabotage. It's, yeah, it's, it's too late. It's yeah. not in your best interest. It's just not. So, and that's, that's where you, that's where going pro that's where being a professional. Right. That's the difference, you know, for me and, and you learn about yourself a lot when you turn pro, I feel like, because you're alone, <laughs> like you live alone. You don't have billets. You don't have your parents. You don't, you're alone might have a girlfriend, you might have a roommate, but ultimately you have to take decisions by yourself, right? It makes you become a man. And I felt like that first year I took a step as a man because um, I was out there taking decisions, right? And I was applying yeah. what I learned throughout my life and my career. And I learned through my, my lows and my highs and whatever I, I encountered during my career before that, I could finally use by myself and realize this, the situation you're in like most often you see players they don't they can't evaluate themselves and they don't realize the situation they're in right so they have most of the time it's because they all have everything handed out to them and when you have to find it yourself that's when it becomes a tricky part it's a great so, point we used to have this we yeah. used to have this saying at the U.S. development team, it was this big sign as you'd walk into the rink, you'd go down the stairs into the locker room and there'd be like this little hallway where you do your dry stall, you know, change out of your school, your high school clothes and your, you know, your USA gym wear and things like that. And it would say, you are responsible for your own development. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I have Isn't two that younger true? brothers and, oh, and, and, you know, it's interesting. I remember, uh, I remember feeling that, you know, in junior, you know, and at the U.S. team where, you know, I would remember that phrase gotten through difficult days or to push through, you know, training sessions. No, no. Being responsible for your own development is like the team's on the road. Someone got sick. It's a back-to-back. -back. You flew in. You got in at 3 in the morning last night. But as the seventh team, man, you're, you and the backup goal are going to go over in Arizona and Phoenix and skate just the two of yeah. us. Yeah. With one of the co that day, you're responsible for your own development. Yeah. You know, because no one's going to get you going. Right. And that was, uh, you know, I had a couple moments like that, you know, tough scratches, things like that, tough injuries, you know, in, in pro. I had it where I had broken with Washington and then they decided to move, you know, um, the head coach and the GM, they moved on to, you know, Brian McClellan and, and Barry Trotz. And, uh, like I was in the minors, you know, they had signed Matt Niskanen and Brooks Orpik and, you know, brought those guys in. And, you know, it was like six, I played 40 games in the NHL the year before and like six or seven games into my American league career. I'm out of the lineup. I'm, you know, not happy yeah. about it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it took me about, I had a good year. I was an HL officer that year. I had a good year the next year. But it wasn't until it was about 10 games before I got traded to the Leafs was my head coach and Hershey sat me down 
And we would do these things where he would do the plus minus. So he would do chances for and against. And he would keep track. And you have these meetings every 10 games to like check in on, hey, you know, you're a minus machine for us or, or you're producing, you know, good play for us. And as a D-man, of course, like it's harder to be a part of the scoring chances for because you're not in every rush, right? And, uh, you know, I remember uh, I, I was coached hard at the time, which, you know, at the, now looking back, I'm, I'm grateful for. But there was a conversation I had right before I got traded where I was like, in the 10-game stretch prior to it, I was like plus 30 in terms of scoring chances for and against. And he just looked at me and was like, you know, Connor, you're, I like your game. Like, you're a real impact in this league right now. I, I, and he said, he, he said, quote, I finally like your game. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, it was high compliment. You know, I wanted the coach to like me, you know, and, and there were some things in my game that I just, I needed to be harder to play against and better with gap and all the things young D men, you know, need to learn and, and box outs and things. And, and I need to take less penalties. Um, I get pissed off all the time. My first year cross check somebody in the head, but, um, <laughs> You just got to picture like, what is your highest goal? What is your mindset? What is it you're looking for out of this? And can you check your own ego? Can you get out of your own way and do what's right for you and your family and your career? And that's not easy. And that's not, uh, I don't, as much as I think it's stupid, it's not being well, it's not well received in a locker room. A guy that does more than what's asked doesn't look that great in a locker room for some reason. They think you're, uh, you're, uh, well, that you're, 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 that you're doing this for the coach and you're trying to like, well, to be I, fair, not, there are, there, there are guys that do it for the coach, right? So sometimes right. it's just the teammates. It's like the teammates. It's they're on their journey to understand why kidding? I'm doing my thing. Yeah. But who are you at the end of the day? Like, you know, these guys, like who, who are you kidding? You're not going to, you're not going to go far. You're not going to get better if you do it for other people. And the, and, the, and the goalie coach here says the great, great quote. He says, you do your best work on your own. Yeah. So like, take that into consideration. Like you see that like, you, you're not going to fool me. You know, exactly which guy in the locker room are taking the easy route. It's easy to take the easy route. It'd be easy yeah. for me and you to go on the ice in Arizona that one morning and just go about, like, just do whatever. Just be out there, skate, take your shot, move on, get undressed. Just another day that we're not trying to accomplish anything, right? It's the mm-hmm. easiest thing. Just make it hard on yourself, no? Be proud. I don't know. I just feel like I can see them from a mile away, the guys that don't do it for the right reason. And... They Who are you like kidding? Them. Like I, I've Who played with are those you guys kidding? too, and and it, they think uh, they're working hard. I don't know. It's tough. It all to, comes it's out to, the wash, man. Hey, you know what? I see it. I still see it, and it's it's tough because you said it. Like I look at the Boston Bruins, and I just imagine myself in a practice with Patrice Bergeron. And uh, as Dino Shara leading the, the practice, like first guys in line, <laughs> you don't have a choice but to show up, man. Like, True. 
You know what I mean? Like, so I like that's, to see, I like to see myself. I should be like, that's, that's my favorite. You know, like I remember I always liked when a coach, you know, had a practice that was engaging, that was battle oriented, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I get it. Rest is a weapon. You know, if I, if I played 30 minutes last night, maybe it's not the practice I'm most looking forward to either, but you know, man, I just loved, I just loved coming to the rink every day. You know, with the coaches I've had that implement that kind of thing, you know, with the chance to prove myself against the best, like, you know, the NHL, yeah. every team's got elite players, every team, you know, from first to worst, they have elite players in some sense, right? Maybe not the best of the best in the NHL, but you know, Sidney Crosby's only on one team, but you know, you're, you're playing against special talent day in, day out. And I think that's part of what I've always loved about being in the NHL is just how special it is to get there. You know, I never, right. I never wanted to, I never wanted to take it for granted. And I've always tried to live and think about my, my life and my career, you know, from old age. Like, I don't want regret. I want no yeah. regret on my plate yeah. when this is all no. said and done. Like, God, like no. I could look back on the last, what, however many years, you know, I've had some ups, I've had some downs, you know, I'm not totally positive. My career's exactly where I want it to be, you know, in terms of, you know, how I've done so far, definitely proud of my effort. Like, Damn, I, I know man. like how many times could you have just packed it and said, that's it. You know what I mean? Like with all the ups and downs we've been through, like how many times could you have just folded and be like, I'm done, man. Like this is not worth it. Fuck, you never did this. And you rolled up your sleeve. You put your work boots on every day. You have a smile on your face. No one can tell you a thing, man. No one can say this guy has got to fucking stop being so positive. No, man. Like you're doing everything you can to accomplish, to accomplish the best level possible. But I wanted to ask you a question. You were talking about your yeah. first game where you were on a, on, on a three-on-two with Ovechkin, Backstrom. Is there a moment in your career where you were like, oh man, I'm playing against this guy? Is there like oh, yeah, a player? Sure. The first is, is, there, time... is, is there like, I, let me rephrase my question. I think I got a better way. Like, is there a guy that you were expecting to be the so good and that when you went on the, because you could, you could give me a, two answers here. One that you expected to be so good and then you were like, oh, this guy's not that do dominant, really. And then another guy that you thought would be so good and actually was really good. Like I think of Pavel Datsyuk. To me, I was expecting high, big things and he delivered. <laughs> every, sh every shift, man, stick there defensively, offensively. Like I was just, wow, this guy dominates every time he's on the ice, right? Well, so for, I played, I might have played through that first training camp that I made the team in Washington, I might've played 20 plus a night every night. I think the, the day I signed, we were on a plane going to Boston. Um, I played like 27 minutes. I scored in the game. I was on the running the top on the power play. Um, and then I played that first game in Chicago and I made the joke. Someone asked me like, you know, the full NHL lineup, what was the difference? And I just said, I'm like, it's almost like they decided to tie their skates tonight. Yeah. Like it, it was so yeah. much faster. Takes another level. So eh? much more. It was a total different level yeah. um, than the preseason, not even the same world. And then there were a couple of experience. Like I remember the first time I played against uh, Sidney Crosby, there, there's a two on one against me coming down. And I'm thinking to myself, 
you know, he's a great passer. I'll take the backside away. Goalies are good in this league. It was a long two-on-one. Like I was able to have a thousand. It was like a full yeah. far blue yeah. line in two-on-one. So I was able to have all these thoughts. And then uh, I'm like, I'll just play the backside. And he went like posting in, you know, think, scored a goal. Um, and then later in the game, there was another play, exact same. I'm like, it was, it was him and uh, I think it was Kunitz again. And I'm like, well, I know what he did last time. So I'm just, I'm going to bull rush him. And he went, you know, forehand to his backhand right on Kunitz's tape. And Troy Brower actually totally laid out and, and broke this play up. It was a unreal play by him. But I was like, well, I'm running out of options wow. on what to do on the next yeah. one. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I my first. Ovi, Ovi's one timer for sure. Oh man! Like we, it, it, like as a goal, it, like, as as a goalie, man, you 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 know it's coming. That's what's crazy. It's you know it's coming. You almost cheat to beat to beat the pass and be big in front of the shot. If the puck doesn't hit you, you're not stopping it. Don't matter, right? Yeah, you're not stopping it. It happened in he, uh, Washington this year. Like he we, put one on the five on three. You know it's going to him on the five on three. And sure enough, he puts it like here where like, how do you even get it, right? Right by your here? Things bar down in. Like what? The I think hell? it was in uh sometimes I'll feel this way when I see practice, like particularly from other sports. Like I remember watching James Harden take threes and I was like with no one in his face. Yeah, he ain't missing. Play. Yeah. This was, he yeah. ain't missing. <laughs> and I remember the, one of the first practices, Ovi might have taken 31 timers, and I think he missed the po- missed the net because he hit the bar, and it went yeah. on the top third of the bar instead of the bottom. Yeah. He might have went 29 for 30. And I was like... Casually. Casually. And, uh, I mean, you would... I'm serious. We would be on a, on the bench. And if you saw the read where Backstrom was able to get it to Carlson or, or Mike Green, who was also playing at the top of the time, if he was able to get it to either of them and F2 hadn't already cheated over to that side to, to break it off. And you'd see the goalie's head, like looking on the other, on the wrong side where Ovi yeah. was over here waiting to bang it. And I'm like, you would already have a leg over, right? Like if it was an overtime game, like you'd have a leg uh, over the bench. Uh, he uh. just, it was automatic. Arm, arms up. The first time, I, I think the first time I ever cross-checked Sidney Crosby, I thought it was a hologram. Like, I thought I was going to go right through him. <laughs> you know, like, you, see, you just, it's this caricature. It's this, yeah, yeah. It's this thing you've seen your whole life. Ovi was the same way. Like, he's, he's, I think, this I think player, for me, like, he's this brand. Is it, tell me if I'm wrong, but for me, Crosby, I was expecting him to be deking everyone. Like, you think of Crosby, you think he, every time he has a puck, he can go through with all five guys. But I was mostly impressed by the details of his game, how he dominate, how he dominated down low, how he prote- yeah. the way he protects his puck, the decision making with the puck. Like he'd be behind the goal line and try to bank it off your head. Like he just thinks he doesn't do anything without having a, a, a thought about it, right? He knows what he's doing with the puck at every yeah. single time. There's nothing is blind. No, there's no. It's crazy. I was so impressed by the technicality in this game, and I was lucky enough to go up to to Vail last summer with him and McKinnon, and we basically just for a week of training. God, like he won't stop until he puts the puck in the net, or you freeze it. Right, like the puck, he'll go get and the and then the practice just stops. We're all watching. We're all like trying to. 
Like you just see the guy, he goes around the net, the puck goes behind, he keeps going until, and then like it's a flow drill, but the practice stops because we're all just like, let this guy finish and then we move on, right? And that's what I mean by the Bruins, man. Their pace setter. Their best players set the pace, whether it's a game of practice, whatever it is, a training camp or a physical testing. You have to follow the big guys and that's what makes the team takes another step. That's why they're dominant every year. One of my one of my like idols growing up was Marty St. Louis just because of how small but how strong he was. Like I'd watch his training videos before I'd go train and things like that. And I heard the story and I have no idea if it's true. Hopefully someone will tweet at me or Instagram that, that it is or not. I guess uh he was notoriously a, a diesel when it came to training, right? Like he took it as seriously as anybody and was yeah. a little bit ahead of his time in terms of how intensely he trained and he uh you know, it already been, I think at this time of the story was like an NHL all-star. He was, he was already a big deal. He wasn't just some, you know, hungry kid trying to make it. Yeah. And, uh, so he did his physical testing on like the first day of training camp, whatever, you know, and you know how it is with as players, like the physical training matters for sure, but it's always the on ice, right? Like, you know, if, if the number one goalie on whatever team, you know, you're with as a UFA next year, if they come in and they do zero pull-ups, like, is there going to be a conversation about it? I don't know. Probably not, yeah. Yeah. you know, but St. Louis had, had done his fitness testing and he was so competitive that he stayed until the end of the day. Cause you know, there's like, you know, they got 60 players in there, you know, so everyone's got to go through yeah. all day. He stayed until the end of the day to see what his scores were. Like he stayed to see yeah. that he had won because he expected. Yeah. 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 And that always Impressive. fired me up. I, I have, I hope it's true. If it's not true, don't tell me. I, but I, I could see it. I could see it. I thought that was so cool. Leaders, man. So they are. They're just leaders. It's impressive, it's unreal, man. Yeah, love that. What are you? Uh, let's talk about the bubble for a little bit. Sure what thing. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing out there right now to to stay with it? Mentally, how are the guys? Well, it's not easy because here's the thing. We, we, had, we had to be in Vancouver. If you were crossing a border, you had to be in Vancouver on June 26th. And if you weren't, if you were coming from Canada, you had to be there by July the 3rd. I was there July 1st. So since then, we've been doing small groups practice six seven guys uh all the way through camp camp was on the 13th of july so that's like two weeks of small groups and then once camp started we were there were the black aces right so we still yeah. did the six men practice so that's another two weeks of small practice we're at a month of small practice then we get here Things don't change, man. We get here, we have, there's so many teams and not that many ice time, that much ice time that we had half an hour after every practice on, on, I, on a bad ice to do our practices, which were still the six, seven men practice. So it's basically, you know, it's been really, really repetitive. Yeah. And lately I've been asking the coaches to have an end goal to every drill you do. Like have a keep score, split the teams in two, like do drills where we can get the 
competitive flow going a little bit, right? Yeah. So we've been doing that and there's a little bit of more of uh, like tensions running high and guys are arguing and that's hockey, man. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. having arguments. Like I, it's great. So it's been a little better, like the, the little more positive, but we're stuck here literally between gates. Like we can't come out. And uh, there's like two, two and a half restaurants here. So we've yeah. been eating the same things and um, it's repetitive, but it's. Uh, You're not able to order anything in, eh? Yeah, you can. You can. You can. So, but. It's still we're the in same Edmund- city. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, options. yeah. We're, we're in Edmonton. You don't need. It's not, yeah, it's uh, not five not star. The yeah, there's story. no five star restaurants around here that deliver. So it's. You eat Boston pizza or like, uh, you know, cactus club every day if you yeah, want, but yeah. it's, it's not, uh, it's not great. So I, uh, I started, uh, on game days that first night we had this big suite at our hotel. We moved hotels. Like we closed down one of the hotels cause teams are gone now. So we moved hotels, but it, we had this big suite that had a full kitchen in it. So I was like, ah. Oh. Games at eight thirty. We're done by noon. So I said, might as well start baking. I love I love baking. I bake all the time. So I started making uh, banana bread cookies. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, for the boys, for when they come back from their game, they have some to snack on, right? So uh, it was a huge success. The fans are getting into it. So it's been uh, it's been really cool. And then we moved into the JW, and I wrote them a. I put a story out like, hey, JW, you better give me a kitchen to work with. I, I need my boys to be eating after games, right? So <laughs> sure enough, the... Uh, JW Marion make it happen. Oh, they did. They Did they ever? They closed down a, a part of the kitchen over there with like, because people can't have access to me because how it works here is you have, the, you have your pass and, yeah. and it's like, if you, if you have a three or four, you can't be seen with players, right? Yeah. limit because these people are going out after each day they go home right so th- they they can technically contact the virus so um so I, i'm all closed off i do my baking everything i made three pies and like i come back after the game and i'm cutting down the pies and the gm walks by he's like oh man what is this like who you made that like yeah i made it and then i i i, uh, I go out to get my meal and I come back, and he's he's got his uh, he's got his, his like his uh, his napkin on his tucked in his shirt, Over and he's the dress shirt, yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's down in the the apple pie eating the pie. <laughs> Very good, the apple pie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was well so done, funny, man. man. And I came back the next day, and there was no more. So that's always a good sign. We'll keep that going. So that's how I spend my time on game days. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... That's good stuff. What an NHL play that is, the, the old napkin and the dress shirt during a <laughs> pregame meal. Yeah. All right, man. So so that's a bubble life. It's been good. Like it, I think and I had a, I, I heard a great quote from uh from uh, Roussel that heard that from Patrick Sharp. He asked him, because he won a couple cups, one at home and one on the road, and he said, Which one did you prefer the most? And he said, you know, when you win at home, you got all the families, you got the owner's friends, you got this and that. The, the room is full of people you don't know, right? So it's fun, but it's the best one he said was on the road where there's, the, there's your family, but then they leave and it's just the boys, right? And it was even more special because they, they could, they work, like you work so hard to win the cup and 
you get to win the cup with your group of guys, apparently it was the best of the two. So I'm thinking this is like a long guy strip, really. That's what it is. Yeah. You're always with the boys. You, you know, you, you play around, you do tricks on each other. Like it's a big guy strip. And at the end of, at the, end of the day, when you're going to win the cup, you're going to win it with your buddies. And I think it's going to be even more special. Like there was a lot of talk about, is this really going to count as much as a regular season? I tell you what, how I see it here, it's a grind. It's a grind because totally you're, you're would, away from, you're, oh, it's, it's tough. It was tough to, like we, we, we qualified for, for the playoffs and it was, it was like we were at the end of the tunnel almost because if we've been doing that training camp for so long, we came in, we played the exhibition game and then played a play in. And then we start the playoffs and we're like, geez, it's already a, like a two month process that I haven't seen my kids. Like it's, it's, it's so such a grind. Cause you like, like, like I said, it's my daughter's first day in preschool. I can't be there for that. Like my son is growing, he's speaking, he's doing this, he's doing that body training. I'm missing out on all sorts of things. Like, you know, how we cherish our summers as hockey player. Like we grind mm -hmm. so hard for this time. And, Uh, it's tough to be away from the family. It's tough to be away from your friends. It's uh, tough being away from your parents. It's, it's, uh, it's going to make it even more special at the end, I think, but it's going to make it even hard if you don't win. Yeah, that's, so, um, that's well put. That's my that's take well on put. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, like, in my mind, like, whoever wins, I'd, I'd view it as a totally legitimate Stanley Cup. Like, at the end of the yes. day, the Cup is... You go through something excruciatingly hard. You work hard for a very long time. You beat the best teams, and you're the last one standing. And ideally, in hockey, it's with a you know seven game series format. That's all here. You know the the quality of play has been unreal. You know guys are competitive. The skills high. Yeah, it and, looks uh, good. No, I I'm, I'm surprised. Are you surprised? There. Are you surprised a bit the level of play? No, I, I, I thought the limit of travel would seriously help. Like, I really do. I don't know if it has or not, but I just thought, you know, during a playoff series, like, you know, especially, you know, when the Stanley Cup final comes around, right? Like, remember the old, you know, Vancouver-Boston series. Like, these guys are flying yeah. coast to yeah. coast, mid-series yeah. yeah. after yeah. 100 yeah. games. Like, you can't tell me that those games wouldn't be, those players wouldn't be more fresh if they weren't traveling, you know, at that particular time. I think one thing that you got to keep in mind here is we're playing back-to-backs in playoff, which is crazy. Yeah, how about and, yeah, Boston and, Tampa's back at it tonight? And, like, we won on Saturday. We closed out our series against St. Louis, six games. And Monday we were starting the other one. We had yeah. one day of rest. So it's been game day off, game, day off, game, day off, game, day off, game, game, day off, game, day off, like for the longest time. And it's going to be like that up until the end. They want to, they, they want to shave days. They want to make it as short, as compact as possible. Right. So, so that this thing is over and it makes it really hard. Maybe it takes away from, maybe we don't have to travel, but it compensate in a way where yeah. guys are well, drained. Yeah, the mental side, right? Being bored right, or, right, right. or, you know, staring at the same walls every day. You know, I get a little stir crazy, you know, even just yeah. sitting in my own house in the summer, you know, you um, would, you would hate, Hey, I get it. see, you would hate it, man. You would hate being here. Yeah. I tell you why. 
it's been the biggest struggle of my career. I've never seen this trying to work out. They don't give us access. They don't yeah. give us access to anything. We have like the team brought their own gym power blocks yeah. and one, like we don't have a, a squat rack and I, I keep trying to want to work out and it's like, Oh, you can't be in the Oilers locker room or you can't be in the uh, oil Kings locker room, which is a junior team. And at the rink, we don't have our dumbbells. They're at the hotel team suite, team uh, meal room. So I gotta, I gotta shower, go up, work out, shower, change of clothes. This, it's the biggest struggle. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's not easy. No gym, you would lose school, your marble. Go, go body weight. <laughs> do some of the quad pad, the bear crawls. I can do my rotational lunges and all that. Oh, I know, I know you can find, you know, you're going to have your hands going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good. All right, Lou. Well, this was fun, man. Thanks for yeah. uh, checking in. If you get bored, call me up again. We can do it again. All right. Uh, anytime, man. Anytime. You're always a good uh, chat. That's what makes you you. Take care of the boys with the, with the cookies and that. I'm sure it goes a long way. And Hopefully. Uh, Stay in it, man. You, uh, you'll be proud of yourself for doing so. Stay in it, all right? Yeah, def definitely, definitely. Thanks for I'll having me, buddy. I'll hold you accountable, too. I'll give you shit if you don't. <laughs> hey, I expect that, so all good. No, I know man. you do. All I know good. you do. Thanks, man. All right? Nope, I, no uh, problem. I appreciate your time. Have a great evening, all right, bro? Cheers. Cheers, See bro. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone, for joining Louie and I today. A couple key points I want to bring up that I thought he did such an awesome job highlighting today and, and really just sharing his story and, and, and his route as a goaltender. I think it's always interesting talking to goalies because there's, their position is so mental. There's so much pressure involved. Uh, frankly, it's lonely back there. You know, these guys, particularly goalies that aren't uh, in the rotation as the number one guy, you have to go such an extended periods of time sometimes between games and, and you really do learn the art of preparation, I feel, from, you know, some of these guys. So Louis today, one of the points that I really admired when he, when he was talking was the role that passion plays in his life and how he uses passion and his love for the game as, as a fuel source to get through anything, you know, that's difficult in his career, any tough times. Uh, second, one of the things that I really, you know, appreciate from Louis's side, and I've I had to apply to my own career, is sometimes you got to get out of your own way. I know there's going to be negative emotions, going to be adverse, you know, conditions in your career where you're hurt, you're injured, coach isn't a fan of your game at the time, uh, and you can pout, and you'll, you, it's, you may be within reason to do so, but you're, you're not doing yourself any good. Uh, at the end of the day, it's really just self-sabotage. And that kind of ties into the third point where goaltenders in particular have to be so professional because there's so few jobs in the world that demand that mental focus for the extended period of time that they have to play for. They play all 60 minutes when they're in and particularly in a lot of the roles that, you know, Louie's been in, it might be like he said, you know, when he was down in Tampa, he might be playing really well, have a win and it might still be two weeks till he gets another game. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you really want to take yourself to the next level and, and be able to look in the mirror when your career is over, you have to be a pro. You have to go about your job every single day in a way that'll make you proud when it's all over. So thanks again to Louis Domingue for joining us this week on the Curious Competitor podcast. For all of our listeners, thank you for sticking with us wherever you are in the world today. Please continue to like, subscribe, 
uh, comment. I do try to read all of them. So I really appreciate uh, any feedback you have for me. And I look forward to doing this again next week. Thank you for joining us here on the Curious Competitor Podcast.